Welcome to episode two of season two of Oversharing Wearing. In this episode, first of all, I wanted to talk about a text I received from the NHS asking me to, well, not me, well, yeah, me, (laughs) oh my God, to fill out a questionnaire about the impact of coronavirus on my well-being. Okay, I thought, here's my chance to let rip. Right, here is my moment to absolutely share what I really feel about this pandemic. One of the questions was, at any point during this pandemic, have you gone to bed and not wanted to wake up? The answer is, in absolute truth, that there have been a couple of times during the beginning of this bloody awful time that I have briefly thought, I can't do this. I'm scared of living. I'm scared of dying. And I kept oscillating between those two feelings. And it was really exhausting. And to be honest, I didn't understand what all of this meant. And I let my mind wander with the pandemic too far to the dark side that's my tendency if there's a stressful situation to absolutely overthink it get myself in a complete state and work myself up to a point where I'm not actually being particularly rational I keep it all to myself but that was how I was feeling at the time I think it's it was brief but I think it's important to acknowledge that fragility that I felt I had to secretly, because I obviously couldn't let the children know that I felt like that, or my husband, I had to think, right, okay, I'm scared, it's okay that I'm feeling like this. And actually, that feeling of fragility and lack of control, I've known for most of my life anyway, this was just a new spin. And I knew I couldn't view the pandemic as a white knuckle ride I couldn't hang on for dear life I had to kind of surrender to it and think right okay I need to just go with the flow and take it a day at a time I'm only raising this because in a way it was quite a way off to get to answer those questions and to be honest I mean don't get me wrong in other questionnaires I lie about my weight I always shave off about half a stone all my levels of fitness you know I'm you know I think we all edit things but I really felt with this that it was important to be as honest as possible so I just thought I'd mention it because if anybody listening to this out there felt the same I just wanted to say I totally totally get it so what I really want to talk about is vulnerability and living with a sense of emptiness and a void. I think all too often when we feel vulnerable, we the first thing we want to do is hide that, conceal that from other people. That people don't want, we think in our heads, people won't want to see that vulnerability. So we'll do everything in our power to hide it. And I know I've mentioned that before. It isn't, it's really difficult when you're a vulnerable person, you feel vulnerable and you aren't necessarily in a place to make the right choices. Going back to when I was involved with my ex-husband, 
it was somebody that I'd had a baby with and without really knowing them. And there was a lot of red flags and I chose to ignore them. And I know that's very often the case. And it will start off as kind of quite insidious and then it will build until it's it can be very obvious that, you know, you're being gaslight, gaslit, sorry. And I can see at the time, I couldn't really see how badly I was treated. And in a way, this is going to sound odd, but I felt like I deserved to be treated like that. I don't even recognise myself anymore as that person. We we go through life and we, we change. I know that's a really, sorry, that's a really obvious thing to say, but after my chat last time with Kelly, and she mentioned something really important that I have thought about a lot, which is that when you have been through trauma or a really difficult time, that it's, you, you're kind of stunted, that you're not, it kind of stops you in your tracks and the, the childlike response is always not far away because you don't know how to grow from what you've been through. And this is a thing with trauma and anxiety and feeling vulnerable is that you don't know how to cope with it. So there isn't necessarily a release for it. So you just carry it around with you. And so many people are walking around in absolute pain and torment about things that have happened to them. And they don't tell anybody that they're too afraid to speak out about it. And I think that part of what Kelly was saying was that we can become incredibly stunted Uh, when it comes to facing emotions because we don't know how to deal with them you're kind of stuck in this loop of trauma and it is incredibly painful to be in that place so what you do is your your emotional responses don't for me I found that they haven't really changed I kind of have used the same template for the way I think and react for most of my life and it's only this year that I've begun to challenge that that and to think a different way about it. What I'm trying to do now is look at the person that made that mistake back then and think, well, actually, you, you got out. It wasn't pretty, it was an ugly situation, but you got out. So I look back at that person and I... I kind of give her a silent high five because I think, well, that person back then had the strength to leave. I would say now that I having four kids is a lot and there's a lot of pressures and you need to be able to weather a lot of storms. But being honest, I would say that being a mum of four special, lovely, amazing kids is so much easier than living within my head I think actually and this this is something that's not talked about enough is that people can be very scared of their own minds and their thoughts they they don't necessarily trust themselves and what happens is that you are in a perpetual cycle of fear that just keeps going and going when you're when you're in a in a dark place so when you are scared of your own mind you don't feel in control And that is one of the hardest things when you're an anxious person is that lack of control. It's something I've talked about throughout all the episodes because it is such an integral part of why we get anxious and depressed. I would say that I have definitely been driven by fear 
And for most of my life, I was scared of everything. And, and to a certain extent, I still am. I'm not a brave person at, by any means. And sometimes I will look at myself and feel a sense of, I think inadequacy kind of sums it up, that I'm not fearless and brave, that I'm full of worries and that, that they kind of control my behaviour. And that stems into, kind of goes into about having an absolute fear of change. So if there's any sort of change and I don't see it coming, I feel quite destabilised by that. And that is something I'm trying to work on as well. So if if, if the situation arises, I'll think, right, okay, try to take a bit of the emotion out of it. This is the situation. You've been through so much already something that happened a year ago is now not relevant in any way or shape or form to your life now. You've learnt from it, you've moved on, you can again. So I'm trying to kind of build confident steps forward and think, well, you've you've learnt from that situation. Okay, that one you didn't deal with so well, but you can move forward in this way because you've learnt and you're learning and you're going to continue to learn. And the noise in my head can be overwhelming And I'll suddenly remember something from my past and I'll get flashbacks of being told I'm not good enough or I'll see the violence in my dad's face or the time I had to hide away when I'd been hit around the head. I can still feel that absolute sense of fear. And and that is really difficult when you can tap into those emotions and memories so easily that they're so close to the surface all these years later. And and that is something that I find hard to live with, if I'm honest. That, you know, you can, if you've been bullied or something's happened to you growing up and th- those those emotions from those feelings have absolutely shaped the way you see and treat yourself. And I haven't always treated myself very well. I haven't always given myself the respect that I've deserved. I've put myself in vulnerable vulnerable situations and made decisions without any thought for the future or how it's going to shape anything that I've literally just not thought things through. And, and I try now to be so much more mindful because there's always a consequence. And I know that's obvious, but it's not something I didn't care enough about myself I think that's a key thing and that's something that can really overwhelm you and that's a dangerous place to be in when you don't care enough about yourself and I think that's part of why I've made bad decisions and shoplifted and you, you know and I, I had a really huge conversation with my son about it recently because he's just finished his degree and he's was talking a lot about self-worth and how much self-worth he puts into doing well. And he has had an honest conversation with his dad. I won't go into it too much because it's not my place. But for him, it triggered a lot of emotions. And he kind of wanted to talk to me about how he saw things growing up. And it was a very, very tough conversation, I'm not going to lie. I'm really glad it happened. It was good to be able to talk about these things. I think he felt a level of respect for me because I was open to the conversation. 
a conversation I certainly wouldn't be able to have with either of my parents. But also I was I felt the strength to say, hang on a minute, that's not how it was. I can appreciate that that's how you felt at the time. Obviously, I let him speak. And I've been trying to do more of that where I step back. And because I do tend to be because I'm a nervous person, I'll over-talk and fill the silence. But with my son, I, I absolutely had to bite my tongue and think, right, this is where you you want to talk to me. And I, Some of it I didn't like, I didn't want to hear it, but I had to hear it. If I want to grow and, and be a, a better mum and continue to be a good mum to young adults rather than my little babies, then that's what I sometimes have to, like do which is listen to them do I like it well I think it takes strength to talk about these things and I'm glad that he felt he could talk to me about it and I think that's the thing is I've always said to him talk to me I'm you can come to me anytime and then when he did I was like oh bloody hell (laughs) I don't know if I want to hear this actually (laughs) but no I on on a serious note And actually, I know that I've mentioned before I'm having therapy. So I actually did talk to my counsellor about it. Because I I don't necessarily know how to trust myself with these conversations. I had to go away and and have some space before I came back to him. Because I didn't want to mess it up. I had to... And what my counsellor said is, you've just got to remember that you're still the adult. And that's such a simple way of putting it. And give him the space to talk and, and... balance up what he's saying has he got a point how how can you address that and and I needed that I didn't uh, that didn't naturally come from me because I'm an anxious person and I'm so worried about screwing up but but some of the things he said to me I was able to say well I think I've I, I accept that and for him that was enough and I know that because we've chatted about it since and I've said to him you know that doesn't need to be a one-off conversation and he's gonna turn 23 soon and I I very much think you know for that his mental health he needed to talk about that and I understand that and I I totally respect it so that has been a very interesting learning curve for me is having the conversations that we find painful, letting him be vulnerable. I didn't want to be vulnerable in that situation, but I, I, I allowed myself to be. Talking about voids. Now, I have would absolutely hold my hand up and say that I would say that I've walked around my whole life feeling... A huge void. I haven't necessarily had the parents that I would have liked. I can't change that. I have to cherry pick the best of the situation now. I'm learning to distance myself if things get intense from to protect myself because that's something I've never done historically, is protect myself. I keep throwing myself back into the same situations, same dialogues, and hoping for a different response, and that it's not going to happen. So I am now trying to temper my reaction to it, remove a bit of the emotion, and not always have the same 
response which is I feel let down I can't cope why are you being like this to me I don't deserve it I am now trying to actually for the first time in a long time say okay well you 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 need to value yourself look look within you can't keep looking to external things which I definitely did as a mum of of my children when they were little it was all about validation from being a mum and getting giving them love receiving love feeling close to them and now they're older I remember my son starting school my youngest and thinking I absolutely don't know who I am and I don't know how I'm going to figure that out and it's taken a long time you know he's been at school for eight nine years and it's ridiculous really I'm a I'm a bit embarrassed about that and I know in this podcast I said I'd be honest so I want to be honest and say that I really didn't know who I was and I've I don't think I ever have I've had always had a bit of an identity crisis and that void I've tried to fill with food buying things health you know wanting love from my husband wanting love from my children all sorts of things and actually I know it sounds really corny but only I can fulfill that void I can't keep looking to external things and and it makes me sad that I've wasted so much time looking for you know I had to catch myself because I said to my counsellor oh when I become a grandmother that then I'll get to dote on a baby again I can get to nurture somebody and she was like well hang on a minute why do you keep looking outwards why do you keep why is it something external or you know when I when I weigh this amount when I when I get to have this holiday when my house looks like this that's when I'll feel better and I've done that all my life with everything and all relationships because I've always felt at, at such a deficit of of you know people's love and attention and actually no good can come from that I have to kind of acknowledge the relationship I have with my parents you know I'm 45 it's bloody ridiculous I've got my own children growing up but that pain and that hurt can just fester for years and years and years and and I've got to find a way to just accept how it is and I don't like it because <laughs> I'm immature and I'm not good at adulting. <laughs> I'm really not. But I have learnt so much this year about temporary vulnerability, temporary voids that will come and go. You're going to feel not always full to the brim of happiness and fulfilment. But there are going to be days when it's going to be absolutely shit and you'll feel rock bottom. But that will that will ebb and flow that will change and i i can't look for a constant in good or bad anymore because it's not that black and white and i've done a lot of black and white thinking throughout my life and now i'm like okay i'm just happy with the the middle ground i don't know still quite what that looks like but i think it's important to talk about vulnerability the other thing before i say goodbye to you lovely lot is a huge thing and I've really undenied about talking about this but actually I've decided that it's a really good thing and I hope you agree I want to talk about being a woman 
and struggling with mental health in regard to my menstrual cycle. Once a month, sometimes I'm okay when my period's coming, but sometimes I will feel absolutely, well, unwell, unwanted thoughts, huge anxiety, exhaustion, and actually it's something that needs to be talked about because we're just expected as women, and I hope I don't exclude people, you know, men listening to this about this conversation, and I don't want to sound like I'm ranting, I'm really not, because it's part of life, but as women we're expected to once a month bleed, carry on as normal, and go through all the hormonal changes that happen in the lead up to your period that affect you mentally. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt that my mental health has been affected by my menstrual cycle. I, I'm not going to go on about it too much further because I, I, I know it's it's not taboo. But I know for... I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. But I just wanted to say that part of... I've I've kind of accepted right okay sometimes I'm, it my mental health is going to dip at a certain time of the month and that is not that I'm not afraid to say that anymore and to acknowledge that because I have been in the past and I I didn't want that to be the case but actually I'm just going to say that that that's part of it it's not an excuse you know I'm not like stabbing you know knives into doors or you know foaming at the mouth with <laughs> weirdness you know what I mean you guys know what I mean I'm just saying that I kind of dread you know my period coming because I worry about how it's going to affect me mentally and that kind of ties up nicely with feeling vulnerable and saying okay this this is part of it this is part of what I'm dealing with I'm gonna have to again not grab it as a white knuckle ride with both hands, you know, just accept it and do stuff that will be kind to yourself, be mindful of that time of the month and do anything you can to make it, you know, better for yourself. Get, get, cut yourself some slack. It is what it is and, and it it's not going to always be easy, but you you've got this. So I hope that helps and I know that this has been a bit of a tangent episode but I kind of wanted to talk about vulnerability and I hope that it resonates with some of you and if you want to get in touch with me you can at sofwearing at gmail.com. If you like my podcast I'd love you to rate it, share it with your friends, I'd, I'd love that. As ever thank you so much for listening and lots of love to all of you. Bye.